Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for the Vigilance Press Podcast. My name is James Dossie, and I'm uh, hosting today. Today, I have a very special guest, one of the newest members of the Green Ronin family. We have Donna Pryor with us. Donna, how are you doing today? Fantastic. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, Donna is the events manager for Green Ronin, and what does that mean? Um, really, my uh, my core duties was to kind of help get this... Um, put the volunteer GM demo team in place. Uh, we feel that there are so many people that really, really love the Green Ronin line, that, you know, all the different product lines that um, we really wanted to take those people that were really passionate and kind of give them, you know, a support to be able to run, you know, run things. And also working with different conventions, you know. So, like, I'll give a shout-out to Chupacabra uh, Con which is coming up. Um, so talking with those folks about, you know, doing some panels, um, whether or not we're going to vend and, and stuff like that. So it's just kind of a lot of outreach on what we're going to do at, at different conventions with the, uh, all the GMs and players. Cool. Cool. Does this mean you're going to be at every con that green running goes to? You know, I wish I could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, I, I think I kind of agree as much as that would be really awesome for, um, for everybody in green running to be everywhere. Is that you know, as a smaller company, you know, it's, we have to really plan on where we're going to put our money, and you know, there's so many people that want products, you know, that want updates and and new stuff, and the things that we're working on that are public, and the things that aren't public, and I think everybody would really kind of rather us spend money on you know, letting them game yeah, than necessarily yeah. you know seeing us. But of course, you know, lots of people get invited to events. And, uh, you know, as guests of honor, as speakers. Um, so you, you never know when a small one, you know, might pop up. And because we are, a bunch of us are scattered around um, outside of Seattle, is that you will see some Green Roaming people at some smaller events around the country. Yes, yes. Good deal. All right. Well, so let's, you know, we're, we're going to talk to you in detail about the Freebooter program, which is your new demo program. But before that, let me introduce you a little bit to the audience. I mean, um, this is your first time on our show, so kind of get a feel for who you are. How long have you been involved in gaming? Oh, gosh. You know, outside of the usual gaming when I was a kid, and, and I'm kind of an old broad, so I start, I tried to play D&D when I was in high school. And all the nerds I hung out with never had a problem with me being a nerd about anything else. But when it came to this, it was like, oh, well, girls don't play Dungeons & Dragons. This is this is a boy's game. <laughs> so I was like, really? You know, and I didn't know enough because none of the other girls I knew would be interested in that either. You know, I kind of lived off in my own little world. Um, you know, it was back before goth was actually a term. I won't say the derogatory term that we were called. But, uh, but you know, I was reading science fiction and fantasy, you know, in junior high, like way on. And it wasn't until years later in 1988 that I ran into somebody who was a bartender down on the Riverwalk in San Antonio who wanted me to join uh, their uh, D&D game. And, of course, I said, and I, this bites me in the butt every time I say this, girls don't play Dungeons and Dragons. He says, you're crazy. I have two women in my group already. And so I was introduced to first edition AD&D in the Forgotten Realms, and I love the Forgotten Realms. I'm a huge lore nerd, and um, and then we transitioned to second edition. I've also played Shadowrun. I've actually run, helped run two LARPs. I ran a Delta Green LARP at a convention in Virginia years ago, and then a, De- a Deadlands LARP um, back when everybody's like, 
you're going to put deadlines to what <laughs> and had a good time. So I've kind of, you know, run the, you know, the gamut on all kinds of different games. There's a whole bunch I have never played that I really, really want to play. And, you know, it's finding the time, finding a group. Um, and I've also been working in the video games industry. I got hired right out of a games community to work on Pirates of the Burning Sea. So I've actually spent a lot of my focus has been on video games. Um, but then, on the other hand, I kind of, as a community manager, it's nice to step away and have in-person. So I dove into a board game hobby, which it was just kind of something I did on the side. But now it's a pretty much a full-time hobby of bringing people together in public and playing games and making inclusive communities that welcome everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of me. We've and been, the 20-plus uh... years of Ren Fair I did, which kept <laughs> me away from, from going to conventions, and because they weren't very welcoming to women. A lot of times, game stores and a lot of conventions um, were never very, very welcoming, and so it's nice to see many, many more women get in. I'd love to have some more women GMs, um, LGBT uh, persons of colors, and all over the place get in there and make some great games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 really interesting. I've been um, kind of looking back over the history of gaming, and this is a little aside, but. Um, you know, I, I've been talking to a lot of my friends about the Kickstarters. There are a lot of Kickstarters popping up about old school games, you know, reviving them or getting a new printing or a new edition. One of them was, um, there's the cyberpunk video game, and related to that was the uh, the Mekton, the new edition of Mekton that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I'd ever seen an image of Mike Pondsmith. And so this yeah. is the first time I ever knew that he was a black guy. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, I mean, not that that really matters to me now. But if I had seen that when I was like fifteen, I probably would have been surprised because my image of geekdom was very much the, you know, like myself, the pasty white nerd who sits in the corner. But um, you know, he's he's definitely uh, one of the people who's been in the industry and helped shape the industry since the very beginning. So it's, yeah. it's, it's really interesting to look back at the history and see how many people um, who created a lot of this stuff do fit into that, the, either the LGBT community or the, you know, they're, they're people of color and whatever. So it's always nice to kind of feel like you're part of something that's that inclusive. And, you know, for me, it was always a matter of trying to include new people and bring new people into my group. Well, it's something we talk about a lot in video games. When you go to things like PAX or you go to Gen Con or, you know, many, many, many smaller regional cons, which I adore, by the way, um, you're finding a lot more discussion about women in gaming and, uh, you know, inclusive groups and games and stories, um, which are, it's really, really fascinating. But a lot of it is very centered on video games. Mm-hmm. And because I think that so much of the bullying harassment is, it's so public, you know, on social yes. media and forums and things like that. And it's much easier for me to pe- for people to be jerks. Um, but when you're in person, it's much harder. And it also can be uh, more hurtful at times when it's right in your face. Right. And you feel all alone and there's nothing you can do. And I like that the hobby has always had people from all walks of life in it, you know, who make games. And yeah, sure. The, I mean, the majority, it's true. The majority is, you know, white males. That's, that's just it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always been that way. 
but it's so wonderful to see so many more women working on games, publicly working on games, getting the support, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's it's really hard because I could go on and on and on about this topic and the way that women are treated in games and using. Um, you know, rape and, you know, if you've ever read anything about, you know, the woman in the refrigerator, those tropes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which... Actually, that topic came up earlier today in in, in uh, relation to some discussions uh, about last night's Game of Thrones, which I promise I won't spoil here, or this weekend's Game of Thrones, rather. Apparently, the entire internet has seen it, except for the people who haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, and of course, whenever you start talking about Game of Thrones, you start talking about the sex and the violence, and then eventually that comes down to the gender roles and um, whether or not the show is misogynistic or not. And, well, I, uh, I read. Did you read that article about the about how with Game of Thrones and how this episode especially pointed out how patriarchy is bad for men? Hmm. So you know that was um, that was a great article. Um, so there's a lot more. I like that there's more discussion. Because we should we should be having these discussions. We should have discussions of gender and sexuality, and we should not be afraid to talk about sexuality and and being sexy. It's okay to be a geek and be sexy. It's not okay to be sexist, <laughs> you sure. know. Yes. And the fake geek girls and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it, it's it's hard. It it can be really hard. But you know, I, I have a big saying that I say all the time, and I know it's really unfair. But when I see bad behavior, I'm like, well, that's a person who put their dump stat is, you know, charisma is their dump stat. <laughs> and it's so, and it kind of, it's nice because it kind of loosens it up, and people are like, yeah, you know what, you're you're right, you know, maybe, um, maybe we should, you know, try to help educate, and mm-hmm. not just make fun and bully. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, I, I like to kind of lighten it up like that. But, you know, it, it's true. I mean, I've been around Mensa since I was in high school, and um, you get a lot of that um, where people are very opinionated and don't sometimes, you know, think about their impact. But as things change, these discussions happen, and it's great. And so I'm I'm a really positive person about that. I think that we yeah. are slowly, slowly changing, and while there is a lot of um, – you know, two steps back, kind of one step forward thing happening a lot in the hobby. Um, I think for the most part, lots and lots of people are stepping up and just saying, you know what? It's just not cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not cool. Don't touch things that aren't yours. Don't touch people that are not yours. And people aren't, don't belong to you. And, you know, people, you know, everybody, I was saying today because some, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't even care about Game of Thrones. I tried to read it. I didn't like it. Or I tried to watch the show and I didn't like it. And people are just like, what? What kind of nerd are you? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? It's okay to not like things. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's okay. I can't, and I'll, I'll say this publicly. I say it all the time. I can't stand Doctor Who. I don't care what doctor. I don't care what years. I don't care anything about it. And I get that all the time. And, you know, and, and that's, it's just intellectual bullying. It's, it's, it's okay. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch Firefly for 10 years because of the way some of the more opinionated fans would tell me that I'm not a true geek. I'm like, well, first of all, it's not up to you whether or not I think I'm a geek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, we're not even talking about Green Ronin. We're just <laughs> my well, I tell you what, it, it, um, I've been I've been wanting to do some sort of a, a discussion on women in role playing games. I'd love to have you back on for that if you're interested. Yeah, but, I'd love uh, to. Yeah, I could probably um, get Lynn Hill, you, and then find some poor token guy to be the uh, the one who gets beat up. 
but um, oh no 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 beating up allowed <laughs> no beating up allowed no I don't think so um, but one of the things that uh, you know I mean even you know in in uh, literature and book covers now I, I was just thinking um, you know we're we're trying to be very conscientious about how women are portrayed in you know our our supplements and one of the things about superhero games because you know vigilance is known for superhero products it's really hard to kind of capture that kind of balance of we want sexy physically cool looking characters but we don't want them to look like prostitutes and there's kind of this this weird you know, what's, double standard. Well, then there's my question: What's wrong with looking like a prostitute? I, I don't know. I mean, so, I mean, it's just like you know, it's you know, it's, it's just it's, like we don't want them all to look like that at any rate. Um, but we want we want the characters to kind of reflect people and you know the personality of the characters and and there's 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 actually a, a lot of good discussion to be had there. But I mean, for for example, one of the um, uh, projects we have coming up is a novel uh, by Darren Drader. And um, we were discussing the cover art recently, and you know he wanted to make sure that we didn't, you know, fall into too many of the uh, the current fantasy sci-fi illustration tropes for the cover. Yeah. And um, so we 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 had to you know go go through the book and kind of pick a scene that we both liked that kind of you know the main character is a female character. But uh, we wanted to, you know, pick something that was cool and and showed who she was, but at the same time, didn't seem like it was a carbon copy of all these other tropes. Well, you, you know, there's there's um, you know, it's the great debate between sexy and sexualized. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because it's not wrong to be sexy, and it's not wrong to have sexy characters. It's not wrong to have. You know, pleasant-looking characters, male or female, whomever. Um, it's you know the, what the imbalance really comes with. You know, um, well, yes, there's these you know male characters, and they've got muscles, and they've got this, and they've got that, and you know, look at this, and you know, why were women? It's like, but the men aren't sexualized, which is you know great about the um, oh, now what I can't even think of the name of that the. Um, the oh gosh, project? you're going to kill me. The Hawkeye Initiative, yeah, yes. and things like that. You know, it, it's it's very great. You know, it's wonderful. I, as a matter of fact, that came up um, this weekend sometime, and somebody was like, "Oh, you should pose like that," and, and they're like, "What is this?" And I couldn't even get into the pose myself. <laughs> you know? I'm like, I don't even know how to make this happen. You know, to kind of get into that pose, you have to be extremely flexible to do so. I think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, I mean, I, I like looking at pictures of sexy, strong women. I like looking at pictures of sexy, strong men. But, you know, it's whether or not their power comes from sexuality, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But when, you know, when you put the male gaze on it, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really, I don't want to look at sexual, sexualized, you know, in context, of course, because in some things, sorry, I got a text message as a lightsaber. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm a giant Star Wars fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good. That's fine. I, I think, can do a whole uh, segment I think there's on one or two Star listeners Wars. out there who uh, who can appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just in case everybody thinks I don't have any nerd cred. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now That's that a- we've managed to uh, ascertain or you know assert that uh, you are a legitimate nerd and not just posing. <laughs> um, let's 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 bring the conversation back to 
um, how you started up with Green Ronin, and um, you know why did they ask you to take the position, and uh, what your goal is with the Freebooter project. Okay, well, let's see. I, as I'm sitting here looking at this ginormous map of Pirates of the Burning Sea, which I mentioned. So I worked with Chris Primus on Pirates, and so I have known Chris since then and met Nicole and... Um, you know, just they, they are such fantastic people. I love them dearly. And <laughs> I love their cheeky snarkiness fun. Um, you know, they're smart and creative and, and wonderful. And that's not a plug or anything. That's just really <laughs> – they're just really awesome, awesome people. And um, I had talked to Chris, you know, being a community manager. I mean, that's – I am excited about passionate people and, and people that really, really love what they're doing. And so um, I had never played any games from Green Earning. I'm actually – and, I mean, I'll be honest about this. I am a moderate uh, comics fan. I don't read comics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, Mutants and Masterminds wasn't really – you know, that the, that really wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I never really got into that. Pirates is my big thing. So I was excited about Freebird. Nobody I knew um, in different areas, but I probably didn't even ask. And uh, so I was like, oh, Chris is like, oh, I get this green running and this is what I do. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'd seen books on the shelf. And I was like, oh, okay, so I know what you do. And in our talks about community and, um, you know, a lot of the game companies uh, have amazing staff and make amazing um, – have volunteer programs and so years ago he was talking about how he really really wanted one where he could support people running um, green running games um, in at conventions having a solid presence at like Gen Con where we have a whole bunch of people running games not just you know staff because it's really hard to do when you have a booth (laughs) you know because it's really really busy and you know having volunteer GMs uh, you know being able to support them running and then, you know, maybe having, like, meet and greets and a private thing, um, you know, something like uh, Savage Saturday Nights. You know, I am a huge Jane Hensley fangirl. So uh, he's just – he and his team are just really, really fantastic, and, and they're so approachable. And Green Arnina is extremely approachable and fun, and I think that the fans want to support that. Yes. You know, it's like, we want to do this. We want to do this. We really love what you're doing. We believe in you. How can we help? So that's two great things. You have a company that wants to support this and really wants to get people involved, doesn't really know how to go do it or have the resources to do it. And then you have fans who are like, I want to do this, I want to do this, but there's really no place for them to get started. And so people you know, in gaming clubs and things like that will submit events, but it's not a cohesive you know, kind of big, like, oh, you have a green run anywhere here, yeah, you know, kind of thing, which <laughs> hopefully that we'll have someday. And... Um, so I had talked with it about, you know, and, you know, being a full-time person and working at video games, it's like, oh, I'd love to have you, but I can't, you know, it's not something full-time that, you know, we're really small. And I was like, I totally get it because yeah, I love indie studios. And uh, then it just came up when I got laid off. I was like, hey, Chris, I got some time on my hands. So what do you think? We should do this thing together. And he says, yes, I think this is awesome. And then we started working on it. And I came on board uh, February, I think, because that's when I got laid off. So, yeah, and I was like, I was coming back to Seattle, although that wasn't a requirement, but I was moving back to Seattle anyway on my own dime. So I was like, yeah, come on up. Let's get some, let's get to work. And so, bam, now we have a program. We've worked really hard. I, I went out and looked at a lot of programs, looked at things I liked, things I didn't like, put together some documentation, 
and we had lots of back and forth about what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, one of the things that I really like, um, and this was something that Chris was, was really important, and I believe in this especially for an indie studio, is that he doesn't want you tied to a game store. You know, to have a game store, you know, really kind of control what you're doing. You know, that if you have a partnership with a game store and you're running games, that's great. If you want to just do a one-off there, that's great. If you want to do a one-off and a pub and have, because we're in Seattle, we, we kind of do that. Or people will mm-hmm, play mm-hmm. RPGs publicly in coffee houses and things. So this gives you more flexibility to be able to do one-offs and still earn XP, um, you know, to and, and not have ranks. We don't have ranks in there. You earn, you, you earn your XP and then you get rewards. That's just extremely, extremely simple. And mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. wanted to keep it that way. So, you know, it was really easy for people to sign up and get involved. So let's talk about the Freebooter program. What does it take to get involved? And um, what are your responsibilities when you join up? Um, so to join up, you visit the forum. And there, I've got the application there. Um, and... Um, People just submit it. They send it to me by email, and mm-hmm. then I look at it. And since I don't know every single fan, every mm-hmm. single player, um, I send them on to the team and say, hey, you know, how, what do you think? How does this look? And it, what's been really, been really nice is that people are like, me, 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 me. And they're like, oh, that person is such and such. Oh, my God, we love that person. Oh, we, that, that person does this. So they're actually giving me lots of feedback of the people that I am eventually, hopefully, going to meet every single one. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so that is really good. And then they just go, yep, two thumbs up. And I go, okay. And then I send off emails and say, yeah, you're in. And then I send them a whole bunch of documentation and say, go forth and play games. And uh, we have a private forum. So that's the great thing. Uh, we're talking about different conventions right now. Um, we're talking about you know the rewards programs. We're talking about um, just all kinds of stuff. People can talk about the games they ran, maybe ask for advice, or they want to run this scenario um, but they want to make it, let's say it's DC Adventures, they want to make it, you know, maybe kid-friendly. How can I do this but yet still keep this and that? So there's really, really great discussions. Um, and it's also like, hey, does this count as an event? Does that count as an event? Uh, so we're doing a lot of that. So like I said, uh, being that it's in the beginning, it's a real kind of organic. Sure, we're going to have a whole bunch of rules because, you know, it's green running. It's their, you know, what everybody is doing with green running. We, we're really professional as relaxed and opinionated and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still a company and we do have to be aware of, you know, what's going on uh, with when people are officially representing Green Ronin, mm-hmm. you know, as a volunteer. So um, right now, anybody who signs up and gets involved and it's so easy to do so um, can really just give a lot of feedback and we'll build the feedback. We'll change the program and all that kind of stuff. Sorry, there's a random printer going on around me. I'll just <laughs> nerds in the house. Okay. So, um, let's get into the rewards a little bit. Um, just kind of uh, a little more specific. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that there's like an XP, uh, yep. type, type scenario where people, you know, um, I'm assuming that this is based on the, the number of events that they run or yep. okay. yeah so uh so what you get is that when you run an event and you turn in your event report you're going to get xp okay. and so you'll always know how much xp that you have and so it's it's uh 
pretty easy. It's it's just it's really easy. You get um, it's more based on. So if you are at um, if you're doing one hour demos, if you're just doing demos, like there's RPG day and you want to just mm-hmm. run demos to get people in, there's you know you get X amount of XP. If you're doing an all day, like you run Green Ronin Day at a game store and you put a bunch of uh, GMs together and run a bunch of games, then, um, you know, more full demos and things like that, then you'll get more XP. And then you turn them in. Um, the rewards are actually quite easy. Is it, Well, first of all, you're going to get a shirt, you know, with, with the cool Freebooter logo and all that. And then you're going to earn store credit. And the more you invest in the program, the better your rewards. And especially when you start getting up to level 10, which is right now the highest that we have. And you're going to have to do a lot of uh, GMing mm-hmm. for that one. Um, but, you know, if, if you are so dedicated that you're in there, is that, you know, not only is your store credit wonderful, but, you know, it's possible we could pay your badge for Gen Con or something else where you're partnered with us and maybe actually help out at the booth. Mm, fun. So, I mean, could you imagine, you know, being able, being a booth helper with an exhibitor badge? I mean, before I was working in games, that was like, I was like, I'll volunteer. I'll totally volunteer just for the badge, you know, (laughs) you know, which is really cool. So, you know, we've got a lot of different things and we can, as people start reaching those, we can start adding more things. If things don't work, if the XP levels are off, we can, um, we can make adjustments to whatever we want to. Okay. So you're talking about running games at conventions, then people would, you know, get a chance to run games like next to people like Chris Premus and Steve Kenson. Yep. Absolutely. So you could be especially at the smaller events. Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned Chupa Coppercon. So you may be like Steve may be running a game and then there's another table right here and then you could be running a game. So, you know, it's it's um we don't want that whole, like, we're over here and you guys are going to do all the work while we just stand around and say, hey, we're Green Ronin. <laughs> you know, and, and things like that. No, we're going to be down there with everybody, supporting everybody right on the floor the best we can. Obviously, there's things like, you know, with Gen Con being so huge, you're in the booth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the, at that point, your GMs have to be kind of self-sufficient is that, you know, the booth, of course, would be your, your home away from home is, you know, oh, I did this and this is how my game went. And you could tell us about it and all that. You're still going to write up an event report for it because <laughs> I need to see it. Um, but, uh, you know, Gen Con has a whole process about how games are done, how you have to use the tickets and all this other stuff. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're not going to just, you know, say, oh, we're, we're not, we're not going to help you. We're going to be right in there with you, which cool, is awesome. Cool. Yep. Yep. Cool. Cool. So what, uh, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to compare to, uh, to, to how, how would you compare it to some of the other, the other companies, what they've been doing and, uh, what you might be doing differently and what you might be doing the same? Um, well, I think some of the, uh, you know, I, I love volunteer programs, and mm-hmm. there's not a single one I've seen that's that's run badly. And people are more than welcome to share those with me <laughs> privately <laughs> if, they, if they see something or if they've had a bad experience. Just you know, so I can be aware of of you know the um, the possible pitfalls, you know, and and, and things like that. Um, you know, some of the stuff I like is having a really structured, um, you know, like so like you you know in game store stuff. So you can do encounters. You know, 
Wizards of the Coast and, you know, with D&D Encounters. So, you know, it's very structured. You know, it's kind of going on. Um, and then Green Ronin is, is going to be a little bit more organic. Is the, You're really going to be running uh, games that you design, you know, that are um, – if you are playing in, um, let's say uh, – well, gosh darn – Song of Ice and Fire. So you've got something in there that you've kind of created based in the world is that, you know, that's the game that you're going to be presenting is that you um, can really, really, really make them your game. And Mm -hmm. um, I I really love the games. uh, I I know I'll mention them again because I love them is, um, you know, with Shane Henley and his group. He's got some great guys that do the volunteer thing. They have their whole, they have that whole private room that you can sign up for and play games with Evil Mike, with Shane. And um, that's the kind of thing that I really love. You know, I love it when we're all in together, having a good time. And, um, but even here, I mean, locally Seattle, you can play with, um, you know, Bruce Cordell and, and all kinds of other people just going to events around town. And I think that we're taking the best, you know, Paizo, it's, oh my gosh, Paizo is here, so it's everywhere. And they do an amazing job um, supporting their volunteers um, for Pathfinder mm-hmm. and being extremely open and uh, accessible, you know, to any help that anybody needs. So I like to blend all of that together um, and see what works in here. I think that we can really pull all those great different – we can have things that are really structured. If you're not the kind of person who wants to run your own thing, we'll be like, okay, you can run – here's some adventures. Here's the quick starts. The quick starts are great. That's what I'm doing at DrenCon is I'm running shorter two-hour versions. It's almost like a Dragon Age 101 mm-hmm. because I, you know, a lot of people have never played Dragon Age, the video game. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a great introductory thing but a little bit more meaty because you are at a gaming convention – but you're not all of a sudden stuck in a game that's you know four or six hours long, and then you're like, you know, I don't really like this. If, it's, if two hours is not as much of an investment, so I think that we're going to have a lot more of that where we can give and take on how much people want to do and how how they're comfortable. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, getting getting into some specific questions that people might have or concerns. Um, so just to be clear, there are no real dues, right? You're not paying dues or paying a sign-up fee, or are, are there? Nope, not at all. Okay. So basically, all people need to do is actually run games in, in, in public spaces and, and turn in their reports on it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And the great thing is is that, um, you know, we have the Ronin Roundtables, is that I'll be doing some of those featuring the... Um, the things that people send me. So anybody that sends pictures and video, anything like that of what's going on uh, may make it into, you know, our social media and, um, and, and things like that. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So you know, might even wind up on a, uh, a YouTube video for, for green on in. Yep. Cool. What, um, uh, I'm just trying to think, um, we're we're getting into the convention season proper here. I mean, Origins is right around the corner. Um, yeah. What's the highest level person you've got so far, or are you still, are people still at level one? Uh, everybody's still at level one. Okay. So uh, I expect that to change uh, quickly, <laughs> <laughs> and I expect it to ramp up, especially at Gen Con, because we do have. Um, a lot of folks. I think we have a total of one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, 
11, 12, uh, I think we have about 16 official games on the books for Gen Con. Very cool. And, you know, whether it's from gaming clubs or, you know, I think you folks are running a few. And and then there's other folks. Yep. 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 Um, Actually, there's a question for you um, that that might not have occurred to somebody. Um, Does this this include publishers who are like third-party publishers like myself or or like other folks who publish uh, green running compatible supplements? Um, Are you okay with them running, you know, you know, stuff that promotes their own supplements, but it's it's using the green running system? Would you consider that to be part of part of the uh, program? Absolutely. You know, as a great example is, you know, folks that, um, you know, in Pathfinder Society running Freeport and that you could run, um, you could run settings with whatever rules. I mean, we want to be really flexible at that. If you're running something that's a green running setting story thing, um, yeah, we want to be able to support that too. So I imagine I'll get some people um, eventually will sign up for that. And there's no multi-classing penalties for choosing to run under two rule system, right? No. <laughs> we want to make this really easy for everyone and us. <laughs> so you know, I, let's see. Just just to be official, just so you know, if you haven't visited, we have uh, how many do we have? We have let's see, one, two, three, four. We have. Numerous uh, mutants and masterminds, many Dragon Age. Um, we've got. Uh, well, I hope this changes, especially with all of the Game of Thrones things that has really kind of exploded all over the internet. It'll really kind of bring some people in, or maybe they might burn their books. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is um, you know, Song of Ice and Fire. Um, I've got a couple of DC. Um, books uh, and, and then there goes a bunch more Dragon Age, so we've we want more. We want more, and I I'm actually <laughs> I've got so many people that want to run in my Dragon Rage. I've got a couple that are. If I'm looking for players, I will be tweeting out at Gen Con uh, to run uh, run these the same sessions I'm running the Arl's Ransom um, in my off hours, cool, like at cool. night. <laughs> So nice. <laughs> I've got a couple of friends that are like, I didn't get tickets to your event. What's up with that? You know, I've been your best friend for 10 years and I couldn't get in. I'm like, okay, I'll run one in the pub. I don't go, whatever. We'll meet in the lobby and play in the lobby of the, you know, one of the hotels. I was surprised at how quickly um, the Vigilance Press event sold out as well. The, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I should have charged more for them or something. I don't know. <laughs> but um, we had, uh, I, I don't know, a couple of our really good fans, you know, poke me and say is there anything we can do and i'm like i can't do anything yet but maybe if we have time at the con i can put together something but it's like you know i'm just amazed at uh, how excited people were about the mutants and masterminds games and i seem to remember there weren't a whole lot of uh, or there weren't as many mutants and masterminds games last year maybe i'm wrong but uh um it's it's really good to see a lot of people interested and of course dragon age um with Jack as line developer, I'm really excited to see what you guys are doing with that um, going forward. I really like the idea of the stunt system, and of course, you guys had that really good episode of Tabletop, yeah, uh, where where Chris got to sit across from uh, the vampire Sam Witwer, is that his name? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, oh, who's also a Star 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 Wars persona, isn't he? he was, I think so. He was the apprentice in the. Uh, 
Force Unleashed games. Oh. It's like, hmm, bring that all together. Because <laughs> I'm staring at all the Star Wars, Star Wars stuff around me. I'm like, crap, did I botch a Star Wars question? Ah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm I, really I excited. I believe he shaved, or they, they shaved him bald for that role, although he wasn't actually, you know, they didn't use video of him. He was digitally shaved bald, and the character was bald. Yeah. But uh, that was, um, I believe that's right. If some geek out there can catch me on my on my references, I'm not going to spend the time to run to IMDb right now and double-check myself. Wikipedia, man! Yeah. Wikipedia's where it's at. Wikipedia and IMDb are the two most important apps on my phone. It's sad. <laughs> I'm getting to the point where I want my mo- movies to have, like, hyperlinks anytime a new person walks on screen just so I can go, what else has he been in? It's like, but, what does uh, this do? Yeah. <laughs> But um, okay, well, um, we've we've covered a, a good deal of the ground with the freebooter program. Um, so basically, anything, any anyone who wants to sign up, all they have to do is um, go to the forums. Now, um, I'll have a link on the um, uh, the podcast uh, when we post it. But uh, if you want to just go ahead and give people the link of where they need to go to find that. Yeah, if you just go to the greenronin.com and then just go to Green Ronin Products, you'll see them right in there, Green, Ro- Green Ronin Freebooter Demo Team. Okay. And um, I will, uh, if I have really, really big announcements um, that I really kind of want to get out, I'll also be posting on all the different uh, Facebook pages we have. Mostly anything I communicate is going to be on the main Green Ronin publishing uh, site. But, you know, like I did go and announce it on the the program on the, all the different Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, I may be shooting some things in Twitter also. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, my gosh. And then following me on Twitter is um, I'm at underscore D-A-N-I-C-I-A underscore. And so I, I use a lot of, oh, my God, this is I'm working on something really great that has to do with, you know, blank. And I'm mm-hmm. really excited about X. You know, because I can't help myself, but sometimes I can't say what's going on and what I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just know I'm working I'm on so something excited awesome about Green right now. <laughs> you know, I do, I do, and then I get a lot of people, you know, who also respond to me with about, well, I'm having redacted for lunch, or you know, just like, oh, I love Twitter, I love the internet. It's my favorite place in the world. Yeah, I had a, um, I, I'm sort of a little bit. The uh, I'm I'm at that stage where I'm starting to get kind of to work on things that are really exciting, but I can't talk about most of them yet. And um, I'm kind of like the guy who's just keeping his head down because you know it wasn't until John uh, Lighthouser brought it up on one of the previous podcasts that anybody knew I'd done any work on DC Universe on the Universe book, rather. And I was just like, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything because I was going to wait and see if people liked it first. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm the guy who's really good at tooting other people's horns and, you know, trying to promote my all the people who work for me and, and talk them up. But it comes up to my own <sighs> projects, I'm, I'm, I'm just too humble. I am not at all. <laughs> 
And that's why yes. you're a community manager. And, that's why, yeah. And I'm just a publisher. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I can't help myself, you know, because I get really passionate about what I'm doing. Um, you know, one of my other side projects is working for Peter X and, and uh, for a hostile work environment, uh, his film company. So there's a whole bunch of stuff I can't say. They're mm-hmm. just so awesome. But as soon as I can say it, I'm going to be like, guys, look what I'm doing. This is really awesome. Ah! Cool, cool. So you just came back from a convention this weekend, right? Which one was that? I did. I was at the Privateer Press Lock and Load. Mm -hmm. So Privateer Press make, um, well, they do the Iron Kingdoms role-playing game. But Mm -hmm. what most people know them for is the War Machine and Hordes uh, miniatures uh, wargaming. And I love it. And I play just, if anybody wants to know, I play War Machine. And I play Mercenaries with Magnus and Friends. Mm -hmm. And I lost... Every game yes, this week, except for my game yesterday with Signar, with Striker, and I won soundly and only lost one, uh, one Jack, and I lost my Orin, which really kind of you know messes you up when you're trying to um, take away all the magic because <laughs> he takes away all the magic. <laughs> Very cool. But yeah, so yeah, I'm, <laughs> there it goes again. It's like, oh, you know, who's this chick? You know, wait, she war games? Although I have to just say my <laughs> army is pink and purple and blue. So. Well, that, I, I'm so not sure if that's the girly colors or the prince colors. Um, you know what? I actually got those colors from a comic book uh, character whose name I cannot recall off the top of my head. But it was this really, really pretty pinkish, purpley, bluish color. And mm-hmm. so I kind of took all those colors that I saw in this costume and kind of put it in my models badly because I'm a terrible painter. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. like me. Even, even before my eyes started to get old, I was the, I was the guy in my group who just, like, I would get my, my, my miniatures to the primer stage, and then they would disappear because I would never want to show them after I tried painting them. So my, my friends saw all the primed pieces and then they would go so where did that one wizard go i want to use that one i'm like yeah he died yeah <laughs> no longer around yeah it's it's really fun because there's these things that uh they put private puts out put out these models that are called uh, colossals and they are absolutely freaking huge and the one i want is called the galleon and it is so awesome i love it so much Especially being, you know, I love anything that's related to sailing and ships and pirates and nautical things. And uh, But I have made a promise to myself that my husband and everyone else holds me to is that I am not allowed to buy it until I finish painting at least 50 points of an army. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole bunch of half-painted models. And so I must finish all, all these to make my tier lists. And... Um, once I've got my all my tier lists and you know can pull a good fifty points easily on the table, then I will buy my galleon. And then you will have this ginormous pink and purple and blue giant thing on the desk, and you'll go, "What is that?" <laughs> like I'm over here. Well, you 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 like all things nautical. Do you read web comics at all? Um, I do, I do. Why you got one for me? Uh, you ever read Lady, Lady Saber and the Pirates of the Ineffable Ether? No. It's written by Greg Rucka. Um, and if you haven't read anything by him, I direct you to Batwoman Elegy, uh, which is one of my all-time favorite comics. Um, but uh, Lady Saber, and it's with an R-E, 
um, is a very steampunk uh, scenario. She's the captain of of a uh, of a pirate ship or a privateer ship that plies the ether between these land masses that kind of float in the ether. And um, if you like steampunk or you like pirates and sword fighting and Errol Flynn type stuff, it's great. And I believe the Kickstarter is currently in its last 48 hours uh, to get the uh, the first printed, uh, the first compilation printed. So Sweet. That sounds awesome. We'll have to look it up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I uh, was over at Half Price Books, which, by the way, I'm so happy to be back in Seattle that I can shop at Half Price Books again. But I've, I can't find a bunch of my uh, Patrick O'Brien uh, Master and Commander novels. So they, you know, it's like Half Price Books, and there's a whole bunch of them. I was like, oh my god, there's that one I can never find. So I bought like four of them, <laughs> which is a small amount of books compared. You know, the series has like eighteen, twenty-four books in it, just in the Master and Commander one. You know, not counting any of the other series. So yeah, I'm I'm a little bit of a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like this cool. wasn't you know obvious. <laughs> All right, I'm just really quickly double-checking to make sure nobody's posted any new questions for you since I uh, um, jumped in earlier. But uh, I think I think we've covered everything on as far as the uh, um, Freebooter program goes, um, unless there's something else you wanted to add that we haven't covered yet. Um. I guess really it's just kind of reiterate the whole part about how, you know, being a new process and uh, making it as easy and, you know, really being able to customize it is that I, I you know, I believe to people who sign up early, it, it may seem like, you know, oh gosh, where's the structure and how do I know what I'm supposed to be doing and how do I know I'm going to be doing a good job? Well, I'll give lots of feedback, but, um, and, and so will the team, you know, we'll, we'll be really watching and seeing what goes on out there but if there's things that aren't working we're happy to work with everybody and and change it because it's going to eventually turn into um something that you know when you say you're a freebooter everybody's going to know exactly what that means Mm -hmm. you know like if you you know you talk about uh steve jackson games like when somebody talks about a man in black you know who you know you're talking about steve jackson right you know things like that so um I just want everybody to have a really good time with it and cool. for us to be able to support everybody having a good time. Cause that's what, you know, it's games. It's yep, supposed yep. to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Games are supposed to be fun. All right. Well, Donna, thank you very much. I think, uh, I think we've just hit the one hour mark so I can probably let, let our listeners go rush over to the, uh, uh, green running site and, uh, sign up for now it's under products, right? And uh, they can they can sign up for the freebooter program if they're going to be running at different cons, and I think I'll go do that right now. Um, and uh, so hopefully, if anybody is gaming in my neck of the woods at any point, um, they'll we'll uh, we'll bump in, into each other and uh, get to get to game, and maybe somebody can run Dragon Age for me, so I can be <laughs> a player instead of a GM. Oh, that would be really nice. <laughs> Yeah, and anybody can email me questions or comments at uh, Donna at GreenRunning.com. And, and that's uh, Donna with two N's? Yes, it is. The traditional. I, I've seen it spelled both ways, so. I've seen it spelled numerous different ways. As a matter of <laughs> fact, it, there was one on my coffee cup the other day that said D-A-W-N-A. 
I was like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. But somebody I know that has that name uh, really hates that everybody misspells it. Like, they would spell my name. Mm-hmm. So it, all, it all goes around. Cool, cool. All right. Well, thank you very much again for your time, Donna. Um, and uh, hopefully we can have you again on, uh, on the show again soon. Um, if anybody's interested in um, any of the topics that we, we talked about, please feel free to either contact Donna or if you want to contact the show, um, you can leave comments on the uh, Vigilance Press website, the www.vigilancepress.com. That's where uh, I get the most responsive uh, I, I get to go back and forth or contact us on Facebook. We've got a, a Vigilance Press group there. Um, you can leave it directly on the Podbean site, but Podbean gets real is really iffy about actually alerting me when people comment. So sometimes I don't get those messages. Um, we're looking into finding a different solution for the podcast. <laughs> but... Um, one of the things, uh, you know, but, but, you know, hit me up on Facebook, Google plus, or, um, you know, actually on the vigilance press website and, uh, leave comments and, uh, we'll definitely look forward to getting some feedback and see if we can't bring Donna on and maybe talk about girls and, and role-playing game and sci-fi and stuff. And, uh, um, or next time we want to talk about dragon age, maybe we'll bring you back. Oh, I love dragon age so much. Yeah. Yes. So it's 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 it'll it'll be you and 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 Jack jockeying for time. So yeah, I used to I used to work at Bioware for I did a contract with Bioware. So yeah, you can say I'm a little fangirl. Hmm. What'd you do for Bioware? Uh, I worked on the community team for Star Wars: The Old Republic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. I did enjoy that game. Yes, I like it. Yes, very cool. All right, well, Donna, thank you very much again. And uh, to everyone for listening, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, stay vigilant.